Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we are looking at Season 4, Episode 4, A Crane's Critique, in which the Crane boys cite a reclusive author outside Navosa and breach their ethics when they discover his rare second manuscript. Now, Kay, we've talked about authors a lot on, on this podcast. We're both readers. We both like reading. Um, I don't know if I've ever asked you, though, do you have a favourite author? Um, and if that's too hard, favourite book? That's harder. That's hard. <laughs> okay, so favourite author. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, if I would say that he's my favourite author now yeah. in terms of if I was going to go read a book and if I was going to class my top books now, he probably none of his books probably wouldn't be at the top. Mm-hmm. But given that he's the person who made me fall in love with reading, I'm going to say Darren Shan. Oh, lovely, lovely Lo- answer. Loved his books as a kid. And he writes now for adults under the name Darren Dash. Yeah. Um, and they're really good books. We really recommend they're weird, but good. Um, mm. so recommend them. So what say- about like on a plane or something you told me about? Yeah, it's called An Other Place, and Other being two words rather That's than it. one. And it's just weird. It's mm. really it, I can't explain it. It, it. Read it and see what you think, but it's weird. Um, okay. um in terms of my favorite book, uh, it's a book I've just started rereading, actually, The Shining by Stephen Ooh, King. Classic Love- answer. Love The Shining. Do you find it genuinely scary or do you just like it as a story? Because I, it takes so much to scare me with a book. Like, yeah, I, I can same. probably count on one hand the times I've been genuinely scared reading something. Yeah, it probably doesn't scare me. Mm. Um, I would have to put that... it in the freezer like Joey. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, but I think, I think because when you're, you're reading a book, you're in control of the, of the mm. images in your own head and, and the pace in which you're reading. So you can, I think on a subconscious level, you probably temper it a little so as not to scare yourself in a way. Mm. Um, True. So um, I, wouldn't, I don't know if it genuinely scares me, but it does hook me and mm. I am captivated from start to finish. And I once read that book whilst on a train with a load of people going to Liverpool for Hindu, and I still had it's done my complete attention, which is a high, wow. high testament to that book. I was going to say that's no easy task. It's no mean feat, you know. <laughs> How about you? Is it Sarah J. Mars and Akatar? It's it's not, but if, if any listeners have read the Court of Thorns and Roses series, which is extraordinarily popular fantasy series, please get in touch because I'm currently reading those. Um, actually, following on very nicely from what you just said, I probably would say, although I haven't read in in a while, my favorite author is probably Stephen King. Um, not because I tend to read him that much anymore, but because he is the author that made me fall in love with reading, I think. And when I realised I'm not reading kids' books anymore, I'm reading books that are written for adults. Um, and it, in particular, was like completely falling in love with reading and kind of just changed my life, really, you know, that that book. Um, and it's like 1,400 pages. It's huge. It's just epic. Do you, do you think King's work has declined over time? I do, but then it's unfair of me to say that because I don't keep up to date with his new books. And like, I, I speak to like people who are still reading his new stuff, and they're still speaking highly of a few. Like, he's very kind of like hit, miss, miss, hit, miss, hit, miss, miss kind of thing. Like, he still he still pumps out good ones. I mean, Under the Dome came out in two thousand and nine. Thought that was yeah. great. There was the JFK assassination one that was about 10, 15 years ago. That one's amazing if you've not read that. I've read that one. I love it. I thought you might have because we talked about the JFK assassination uh, a yeah. couple of couple of weeks ago. Um and yeah, he he wrote one from oh about 10 years ago called Joyland, like a coming of age, um, about a guy who works at a, th- a carnival. Um 
amazing as well. Um, but yeah, so probably Stephen King, I think I'd be inclined to say, but no surprises, big fan of this episode because of the, the whole literary vibe. So uh, listeners, please get in touch and tell us your favourite authors and books. Um, shall we tuck ourselves into Trivia Corner this week, Joe? Yeah, let's do it, mate. Excellent. I'm feeling very tucked today with this roll <laughs> neck on, you know. Big turtleneck vibes. Um, we've been sent the usual questions from Hamish, MK and Co. So I'm going to dive right in, Key, with uh, Hamish's for you. Yeah. Question numero uno. What is Martin watching at the bar when Frasier and Niles leave him? Uh, he's watching the Mariners game. He is, which is what sport? It's baseball. Correct. Yeah. Well played, Key. Question and two. What is a doubleheader? <laughs> two games. I played two games. <laughs> um, why is Roz looking for where she parks her car? She's Think... had sex in her mind. Yes. And what else is she also looking for? Uh, her stocking. Yeah. Very good, Key. We did kind of predict that the, the trivia for this. I... Episode was hard to form so that they yeah. might be a bit more gettable. I, I think that like my questions are like very I, I just I think if you've watched the episode, they come to you quite easily in terms mm. of the questions and answers. Um it's probably not you'd really have to, I think, struggle to find an obscure little trivia fact in this one, I think. Pressure is on for me because I've seen this episode a lot and now you're gonna ask me questions. Um question three, Key, the final one from Hamish. What tale did Niles say to TH Houghton? And is this true? Um, this is one of my questions, actually. Um, oh, no way. Not a bit if it's true or not. I don't know if it's true or not. I but, um, uh, the owner of the Boston Red Sox sold Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees to um, fund the musical uh, No No Nanette. No No Nanette, yes. And I think it is true. I've got here, it's false. Oh, um, no, It no, sounds no. so compelling. And when well, I thought like that says- was the time that, you know, you're like, well, I could sell a player to fall it. From the musical. Okay, it's, it's like, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber buying West Ham or something and, and selling Jared Bowen to fund a new Cats production or something like that. I mean, just, I could see that happening. Yeah, it's that's plausible in the in the UK, I think. Um, trivia for Mrs. Guzman Crane. What does Fraser suggest he and Niles sip whilst reading the manuscript? I, I think, is it Armagnac? It is Armagnac. A slow sipping cordial would be the, uh, the proper... I can't remember what he says specifically, the proper something. Um, trivia for Mrs. Crane, Missy Crane, I should say. In order to get a solo audience with T.H. Houghton, Fraser tricks Niles into going to the wine shop to fetch a couple of cases of rare wine. Where is this wine from? Oh, see, now I can't pronounce it. It begins with a B and it's 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 like Boulogne, but it's not Boulogne. It's like Boulogne. You're very, you're very close, and it's basically it is um, the French word for this. We we know this place in English by its by its name, which is also a colour, and this is the French oh, so name Burgundy. Burgundy, but do you want yeah. to try and take a stab at what it might be in French? Bubba boy, no, there's no there's no B, there's no B, not not in the middle because you said that Bubba boy. It was like Bologna, but it wasn't Bologna. So, um, Boulmois? Boul- no. so close. It's Bogonia. Bogonia. That was Bogonia. Um, <laughs> I'm probably not saying it very well there, like Bogonia, but something like that. Um, so there you go. Burgundy, basically. Um, and finally, from this little section from Little Owlet in the Glen, Roz says that the man in the flannel shirt would be no good in bed due to how cautious he is, as evident by him doing what? Uh, he was blowing on his coffee. I think. He was. Also, he had two beverages. Um do you know what the other beverage was? Was the other one orange juice? Because he was was he slurping his orange juice? He was, was slurping guy. He was, was a slurping... different guy. 
He was, I think, I think it's the same guy. Um, because I was just thinking, what do Americans regularly have two two drinks of their breakfast? Hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. But yeah, he's blowing all his coffee. Key, that is, um, I think that's a, a clean sweep, isn't other, it? Other than my the fact I didn't know about whether no, 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 that was true or not, and whether. Um, how to or pronounce quite, or quite how to Borgonia, but I mean that's a pretty pretty stellar showing. <laughs> I've only there, alienated yeah. one country in trivia corner. That's a pretty good showing for me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to uh, hit me with your trivia? Uh, yeah. Now my first one was what team sold Babe Ruth. So I'm going to go with um, in what year was there a drought in Burgundy? Oh, you know very well there was a drought that year. The locals dubbed it the year of the raisin. <laughs> yes. Um. Oh God, I'm gonna guess. I think it might be uh, in my head. I've got the 1940s, and I've got either 42 or 48. I'm gonna say for you're shaking your head. <laughs> well, I, I can't go off that, so my guess is gonna be 1942. Um, you're 40 years out. I got oh, 1982. Sugar me, damn it! Well, at least I had the two right. Um, okay. Question number two. Yeah. What is the name of T. H. Charlton's second book? Chameleon song. A chameleon song. Which I've got a lot of issues with. Chameleons famously do not sing. So um, well, I have a lot of issues about the amount of games the Mariners play. Because they seem to be always on television. I mean, I, I was it the other day I told you in an average baseball season, there are about 2,300 games played. Crazy. Honest to God. I mean, right. correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but it's it's something like that. I think most teams play an average of 120 or something, it's, you know, around that figure, not specifically. Oh but yeah. Um, and how long does a baseball game go on for? I think they can technically go on indefinitely. They're not timed. Um, but I think the average is probably a few hours, maybe. Um, That's crazy. It's a bit like a test match, I guess. Um, yeah. But, which, you know, it's, it's obviously very big here. Um, yeah, so. Okay, third and final question. Lay it on me. What would you drink with J.D. Salinger? Oh, shit. Sugar me. It's maybe he's bumped into JD Sanders, Salmon Rushdie. Yeah. I'm sure he names a drink. He's, oh, maybe he went through. He I've, it's going to be completely wrong. For some reason, I've got Mai Tais in my head. Oh, you're not far off. Um, you will probably he'll probably jump in, uh, run into JD Salinger and Salmon Rushdie. Go out for margaritas. Margaritas. Oh my god, I really was close. Yeah. Damn, good a, question I mean, though. Okay. I, I am assuming it's the drink, not the pizza. I'm, I'm, a, I think it's probably <laughs> the, pretty safe there. Um, as far as I'm aware, Salman Rushdie is not a recluse. Um, this, this, this line always threw me up. I know he's got the the fatwa on his head, um, by the Ayatollah of Iran. Um, but he, as a person, I didn't think was a recluse, so I don't quite understand the uh the joke. Um, maybe it's just because he's been you know, evading Iranian authorities for the last however many years because they, you um, know, want him dead. Maybe. Maybe. I can tell you that he's 74 and he's five foot seven. Thank you, Guy. <laughs> but beyond that, <laughs> some good information coming down the line here. Um, right, I'll uh, I'll read out MKs for you now, Guy, um, and a, a few little others from uh, the, car- the cadre. Question one, when Frazier indicates the man who Roz describes as cautious, he also describes what the man is wearing. What is the man wearing? I think this is uh, this might have been given in a previous question. I th- is it flannel? It is flannel. I'm a big fan all, of flannel. All yeah. I can hear is Larry Lamb going, flannel, a load of flannel. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm a big, I love a flannel shirt. 
I quite like a flannel shirt. Yeah, um, big fan. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, just sipping my tea there. Uh, question no. two. I'll just to throw it out there, listeners. Uh, Will did not blow on his tea. I did. No. Not a cautious man at all. No foam hole needed here. <laughs> <laughs> Wrinkling plenty of sheets. <laughs> um, when Martin and Houghton first meet up, and I'm watching the Mariners game on TV, what is the first act they protest as being complaint worthy? Ooh. Oh, something it happens like... in the game, and you're going to need to know a little bit of baseball parlance, or at least remember what they say. Is it something like you missed the throw, or you missed like oh. you, were it, you were throwing it to a guy and you missed him? But I don't you're know. So like, close. Oh, he missed the throw, or he missed the ball, or something. Missing the cutoff, man. Oh, okay. the, but you had missing a half a point there, as far <laughs> as I've concerned. Um, when setting the mood for the oh, okay, this is a lovely question. Love this. When setting the mood for the reading of the chameleon song, how many adjustments uh, to the lighting does Niles offer before saying perfect <laughs> and to and to ascend to master tier? Can Key name them all? No, he can't. Oh my god, that is amazing. <laughs> okay. I've got no idea. I know he's like warm, warmer, warmer. Touch colder, warmer. Touch okay, colder. well, keep doing what you're doing and count them. I'm, I'm already okay. Okay, warmer, just a snitch, and perfect. I'm gonna say nine. I'm gonna say nine because I feel that fits in with Dante's Inferno, and there would have been like a. a I theme. absolutely love that. Um, yeah, but I'm afraid it's not the number. <laughs> Let me let before I give you the number, let me read to you the, the transcript. So warmer, warm, a little cooler, touch warmer, hair back, hair the other way, touch warmer, perfect. Seven. Seven. Oh. Seven adjustments. Okay. Um, you have close, you were close. Um, how many of those did Fraser actually make? I think what stage did he just walk away? I think hair back, he leaves. I think he does it like four times, three or four times, I think, and then he leaves, but don't quote me on that. Um, trivia from Niall Crane. How many people do we see in the first scene? So presumably this is outside Nervosa. Uh, is this the entirety of the first scene? It's not just like the second it opens. You're like, okay, I can see X. I think it must be uh, generally the first. Yeah. Okay, however, so many got... people, however many people are visible at one point in the got... outdoor patio area. Mr. Crane, Missy Crane, the crane with the cane. <laughs> you've got Roz. You've got the you man do. in the flannel shirt. Um, yeah, I don't know if we actually ever see him. I don't know oh, okay, you see the other guy who Roz like burns a hole. It's not in his shirt, I think you said. It's now that their hole's now in his jacket, but something like that. Mm. Um, I think we probably see a waitress at some stage. We probably see. A random guy in the background, maybe two people in the background. So that would be eight. So I'm going to say eight. Okay. It's eight. It's nine. Oh, no. I'm so, so sorry. I haven't got a list of who they are, but you, um, were, you were puzzling it out extraordinarily well um, there. Falling um, through Dante's Inferno. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm afraid the answer is nine. Trivia from Hothouse Orchid Key. There appears to have been a prop blunder in this episode. Mm. What was it? <laughs> wow that okay is like, this is it's very specific to the plot of the to the plot of this episode a prop blunder 
Okay. It's not um, like, you know, a sherry glass is a wrong colour or something. It's very specific to this episode. I pick up on that every week. You are, I'm saying, okay, you are on, a master, of course. Um, oh, famous, like, he's famous last words, isn't it? Like, oh, you'd have to really struggle to come up with an obscure question for this one. <laughs> I know, man. Um, really tempted is, the is face. Is it something like, okay, you said it was integral to the plot, yeah? Yes. Is it something like there will, there's, a, there's no actual handwritten amendments on the pages like he's got always original handwritten amendments but there are no handwritten amendments is that what you're going to go with yeah i'll go with that yeah that is as for for, for all intents and purposes i'm going to accept as a correct answer there's oh. actually nothing at all on the manuscript pages um there's not even any writing on them oh, i just figured that like just from the angle you couldn't quite see it but i think i think they, they hold a few up at some points and you'd be able to see through the paper like maybe yeah. that's uh how how Caitlin's seen that, but I mean oh, that's okay. a cracking question. It um, didn't seem like a very long manuscript. Do you think? Oh, well, I mean, they, they he could hold all the pages in one hand, and and I don't know. I suppose they're A4, so maybe I think, I think it's probably about that thick. Which you think, like, if one A4 equates to two normal pages in a book, yeah, I reckon that's still probably about a a, a three hundred and fifty page book. That like, if it was published in, in paperback. Oh, okay. I yeah, reckon. I don't know. Um, yeah. But I mean, there's just something very nice and tactile about manuscripts like that. I just, you know, I'd, I'd love that. And I will yeah. soon have my own when I print off my PhD oh, and exciting. get it leather bound and all, all that, all kinds of jazz. <laughs> um, finally, key for this week trivia from Run for Your Life. What's the score? Four, three Mariners. Oh, straight out there. <laughs> Spot on. You don't need to sell Babe Ruth to finance your... Uh, no, 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 no. You'll have enough money anyway. Absolutely top-notch there, Key. Thank you, everyone who uh, who wrote in with questions this week. Thank you to Corin Hamish, as always, for organising it. Shall we get into the review? Let's do it, mate. Let's do it. Let's. Um, this is my favourite theme again. The dun-dun-dun-dun. Two weeks running. Yeah, Two mate, I really, honestly, really jumped out on me. And it just... uh, honestly, you know, you know what, you, you, your attitude is there. <laughs> uh, do tell us what the animation watch was, please? I think, was it a helicopter? Mm. Sorry, I keep sipping my tea, right? As so you expect a response from me. <laughs> it was a helicopter indeed. Um, obviously, we've definitely had this before because we've made jokes about Chopper Dave, um, but I feel like not for a while, maybe. We it's not one this. of the more common ones, I would say. No, I don't think it is. Um, so, a classic, all the same. One of my favorite ever like coffee related lines now is it yeah. me or is the tad is the foam a tad dense today do you want to finish the line um like a dreary fog on a scottish moor oh i mean god it's like perfect so moody <laughs> and gothic and wuthering heightsy and I, obviously see, not Scotland, i really but... love nars's next bit like rather than accent it overwhelms Rather yeah. than flirt, it assaults. It assaults, like, just honestly, like, getting all that from coffee, I just absolutely love. Um, yeah. I mean, he treats ha- coffee like a work of art, doesn't he? Like, he does. It leans on the palace, but never captivates, but insinuates the palace. <laughs> um, I mean, how are you with foam on your coffee? I mean, are you, like, if you go to a coffee house or whatever, are you getting Americano straight up? Are you getting a latte? Do you want a bit of foam art? How do you take your coffee? I'm like, I'm like can I have tea? Just, <laughs> just okay, tea. just straight up tea. And then what do you go for tea wise? Do you have like Earl Grey or just straight up English breakfast? Just tea. I leave everything down to them. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> yeah, tea. Do you like Earl Grey? 
For me, tea is tea. I don't know the difference between any of the types yeah, of tea. Yeah, 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 I just yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, someone goes, oh, do you want a tea? I'll go, yeah, go on, cheers. And that's that's devastating. That's, that's devastating. That's the entire conversation. If you're in, if you're in a house in the UK, fair play. Tea means English breakfast. But if you're out at a nice establishment, tea, is, they've got everything there. They've got oh, mint, I, peppermint. See, that's why I don't order tea or coffee when I'm out at a nice establishment. Because I don't get the lingo. <laughs> uh, I don't understand. What's so a you, cappuccino? What is it? No I one mean, knows. I couldn't what technically is a Flat white. Well, what the hell is a flat white? So a flat white is basically like a latte, but it's got an extra shot of espresso in, so it's it's stronger than an average cappuccino or latte. Um, people, I think sometimes people have them thinking they're a bit foamy and creamy and a bit lighter, but they're actually like punchy as as f. Um, okay. But yeah, so so presumably you've never had Earl Grey. Um, man, not, change your life, not my friend. Going to some fancy person's house. Well, I'm, next time you're I'm around mine, standard round someone's house tea. That's my tea. Next time you're around mine, we're going to party up Earl Grey style, and I'm going to pop a little. Uh... Next time we go out for a night out, like just before we order the first round. Oh yeah, can we get some Earl Grey. Get some Earl Grey just to cleanse yeah. the palate, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rodolfo's once a year sale is on. Apparently, yes. who says this? Niles. I mean, who, who are they shopping for? Martin. Niles says it. Shopping for Martin. Right. Uh, and apparently, I, I think it's fifty percent off, and they will tailor as you need for free. Mm, I mean, there's a great place in town, Slaters, that do that. We've got the suits. Have you ever been there? Quite a cool little place. I've never been, but I, I'm, you never know. Familiar I mean, with the vibe. I don't know if suits it. are now a thing of the past, but if they come back. They need to come back, man. I love suits, and I never get to wear one. Like maybe yeah. maybe once every two years when someone gets married. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, WTF. I, it's been a while since I saw someone wearing a suit. We just, you know, it just look instantly better. You know, you'd you'd have to do a real, I don't know. It's really difficult to not look better in a suit. I think so. See, I feel that you need to wear a suit with a tie. I see people mm. wearing a suit without a tie, and if unless you've got a right look, you look like a game show host. You reckon? And it's you look like you got on the bus, and that you expect them to say, "Come on down, oh, come on down." What about me? What do you reckon I could pull off a pop collar? Am I looking a bit too Stephen Mulhern catchphrase? Oh, you could definitely pull it off, mate. You reckon? What yeah. I want is a nice tan suit and then a blue shirt underneath popped. That's what I want. I want to go full nineteen eighties voice. That's what I need. Um, Martin suggests another place to go shopping. I can't remember what. Uh, but Bud's Clothing. I think. Bud's Clothing. Get your Bigfoot pizza right next door. I just put what? What on earth is a Bigfoot pizza? Presumably a, a foot long pizza. But I mean, that's I don't know. Um, Bigfoot I, pizza. I, I feel it's meaty. You reckon? I feel that's not a vegetarian pizza. I don't think. I don't pizza. think Martin would go anywhere that, that entertains vegetarian <laughs> options. Um, it reminds me of. Uh, there's a place in in Castle Brom near us where it's called Snappy's um, Pizza oh, Place. Snappy's Pizza. You know yeah. Snappy's. Yeah. Um, Snappies. And they used to do the Beast, um, which was like a pizza that literally required two people to to carry. Um, and we'd order it like if we had a sleepover or something. It was like worked out about five pound each, and it's literally like probably like a, a, a nearly a square meter um, of pizza. It's a big, big beast, as the as the name suggests, but. Not quite Bigfoot pizza, I'm imagining. Um, Martin's like, gee, I can't wait to hit the head. We can all get it all over with. Like, can you yeah. save a bit more enthusiasm there? <laughs> like, I just love the delivery here. Um, also, just general observation. This is rare for them to sort of all be outside of Novosa. It, it, it has very... I don't know. I mean, the two episodes he brings to mind. One, all the three of them having a drink together. Yeah. It's very... 
coffee with Niles slash uh, words to the wise guy, the two vibes I got from this scene. I was just about to say, I think they're the only two we've seen where they are outside as far yeah. as I can remember. Um, big time. Yeah. So um, just nice. Nice to keep seeing Nervosa and kind of rotating a little bit. Um, Niles is, uh, is blowing his, his foam hole now. Roz's little observation. Um, how, how good are you, Key, at kind of judging the temperature of foods you eat? Because I burn my mouth like routine. Like, Every single time I burn my mouth. Honestly. I'm, I'm really bad. If I have a pot noodle as well, I will oh, burn my mouth. And then, I've not had one of them in ages, but they are like molten. I'm telling you, it ruins everything for like three days. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's awful, man. I hate it so much. I um, like the taste, but just, I, I don't fucking take the risk. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a high risk, high reward, baby. <laughs> um, shepherd's, no, not shepherd, cottage pie is the biggest offender for me. Every time. I think it's like you have that little crusted, you know, the mash that kind of, you know, lures you in. And then, yeah. bam, the molten mints beneath just blasts the roof of your mouth. I mean, the worst thing is when you realise it's too hot. You're like, oh, my God, what do I do? Yeah. What do I do? What's a drink? <laughs> like, if I'm eating alone, I can just spit it out. <laughs> but, like, you know, if I'm at a restaurant, I'm like, right, I'm ruining my life for the next week because I've got to finish this. It, it's gotten to this stage. I don't even blow anymore. I just, like, leave it a period of time. Like, when I've got it, I'm going to give it another three minutes and then I'll be ready to go. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Um, no, after they spot T.H. Houghton now, Niles and, and Roz have some of their kind of patented back and forth. Niles says in your vernacular, that would be what? Slingshot your panties across the street. And what is he referencing there that she's saying she's playing hard to get? Um, I think she says about being subtle. Being think, oh, subtle. Su- find a subtle way of going over and saying hello. There you go. And Niles just straight in there with the, the kind of sexist joy that he's so fond of. Yeah. Um, poor Roz. Um, I mean, if you saw Stephen King across the street, would you go over and say hello? I think about this a lot. Not Stephen King, but like celebra- <laughs> celebrities more generally. I am not someone I think, even if I loved them, I don't think I would ever go over to them. Um, one, because I like to think I just respect their privacy a little bit and I think just let them be. And also, too, I'm like, I just know I'd end up embarrassing myself or being really nervous. Um I don't see famous people all the, like at all, but I saw when we were, I was in the Cotswolds recently with Shah, we saw James Martin, the, the chef from oh, TV. Right. Um, and he was just walking with his wife, literally like in this sleepy village on the other side of the road from us. Yeah. Um, and like Shah was like, that's James Martin. I was like, oh yeah. And I was like, we didn't, neither of us wanted to approach him. You know, we were just kind of like, come on, look this way, James. Just let us <laughs> let us recognize what's happening here. <laughs> um, but he didn't do that. So we were kind of see, robbed a beautiful moment. See, the thing is that for me, James Martin's not a big enough deal that I'd get like nervous. I'd be like, oh yeah, I think my mum has a, a crush on you. And yeah, and, and then he'd be like, yeah, F you. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I tried to cook your Coco Van once, and I've got to say, it looked a lot better than anything you've ever cooked. <laughs> have a good holiday. I mean, your, your stuff looks good, mate, but I prefer that we have a plainer. I mean, why don't I do Toad in the Hole on your next episode? That's what people want. I had Toad in the Hole uh, a few days ago for the first time about a year, man. Oh, Tis the season. Toad in the Hole is so good. Isn't oh, it? my God. I mean, Americans would be like, what the fuck is Toad in the Hole? Uh, basically, it's sausage in like a Yorkshire pudding and now yeah. they're gonna be like what well, the hell's a Yorkshire pudding <laughs> so, so basically we can't help you toad in the hole unbelievable um they have they have crazy foods like meatloaf so they can yeah. we can we can meet halfway um one of the title cards now in another part of the forest um did you did this kind of throw anything up to you I didn't get it I didn't know if I was missing something I, I didn't get it 
I am not going to go 100% on this, but I'm willing to kind of stick my colours to the mast here. Um, I'm fairly certain this is a Shakespeare reference. Um, I'll be like Midsummer Night's Dream or something. Either Midsummer Night's Dream or As You Like It, which is the pastoral play, which is set entirely in the Forest of Arden. Um, I think like it's the kind of thing where the stage directions, it says that when it moves, it moves for a different part of the forest, for a different part of the story. And because this episode is very literary, um, it makes sense. Um, Also, just another reference, if anyone finds this interesting, obviously Dante's Inferno gets mentioned quite a bit later on, or in particular, the Divine Comedy. Um, That opens with Dante in in a forest, like lost, basically. Um, and he kind of, he's completely, it's a really dark word and he doesn't know where he's going. And then Virgil, the poet, appears to him and takes him to hell. Um, but yeah, I just, I just really liked it as title cards go. It just had a real nice, nice cozy vibe, a little Shakespeare vibe, you know. I'm very easily pleased, you know. So. And then it opens about um, what, tracking and a German short haired pointer. Yes, so that, you, should, you should have asked for one. It's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bonanza. Okay. Yes. Do you know anything about Bonanza? Uh, I know it's na 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 What the F is it about? Um, I think it's like a cowboy thing. I vaguely remember. I think my nan watched Bonanza because I vaguely remember my brother getting her the DVDs one Christmas. Wow. Um, I don't know if she ever actually watched it or if she just said she liked it once. My brother bought them and she's like, oh, great. Thanks. And oh. <laughs> I don't think I've actually been watched, but... Um, she she probably would know little Joe, I imagine. Um, Who is little yeah. Joe? Is he like a Native American? I don't know because there was. Let me Google it. In in the episode of The Simpsons where Bonanza made like a reference, I think there was like, was it like the Cartwrights were always trying to like a war with the Native Americans or something? Or there were there was. Uh, oh yeah, little Joe is one of the Cartwrights. We um, could be completely off here. Um, I'm guessing if they're always at war with the Native Americans, but the Cartwrights. That the, may not be the, true. I the, white, the, the white settler family are the, are the heroes of the show. Then it's probably not surprising that Blanz is not talked about that much anymore. Yeah, um, I, I know of it. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe I mean, it's nothing to do with Native Americans. Maybe. Jesus Christ. He had a 431 episodes. Yeah, it was a long run. Good God. I mean, each episode's 50 minutes. Um, I'm 50 just trying to... minutes? Yeah, oh, it's a like a, a proper episode. one. Um, yeah, the Ponderosa Ranch, um, on the centers on the, the wealthy Cartwright family who live in the vicinity of Virginia City, Nevada. Um, the show is known for presenting pressing moral dilemmas, according to Wikipedia. Oh, okay. I mean, we can be the judge of that. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure I'm not sure they're gonna be that pressing, but you know, I don't want to, I don't want to poop on Bonanza, could be good, could be good. Um, yeah, I know literally nothing about it other than the theme yeah, tune, is- so. There's there's no reference to Native Americans on um, Wikipedia, so I think I could have been completely. You off just that. pulled that out of your ass, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, Fraser and Nas now, after they're kind of close, they're they're near them near Miss in, in the bar. Um, they are because obviously um, Martin and, and Howard end up chatting at Bonanza, etc. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, this Austin actually seems like a nice guy. He or... seems so down to earth, doesn't he? He does, but I also feel he was so harsh with that random guy. Like I feel like as oh, much yeah, as it's yeah. annoying. Like I get it be annoying, but you've like, oh well, that's great. Thank you very much. I'm afraid I've, I've actually got a pressing engagement, but thank you. And you just make your way off that way rather than just being like, Yeah, yeah, I get it. I changed your life. I don't care. He's Which... very dismissive. Um yeah. 
all I can say is he's of an older generation. He's been around a long time and probably like hates the fact he peaked so young. I mean, Fraser and I'll say that at one point, don't they? So I don't know. Yeah. I think I think he's got a lot of self resentment, um, and I think you know he's a bit of a bit of a curmudgeon because of that. But I do agree. Like he's not. He's down to earth. You know, I did just say that, but yeah, maybe not very warm. Um, I don't know. But anyway, after the bar scene, Fraser and Arza on the elevator going back up to 1901. Um, they're talking well, about the I'll ex- see Oh, sorry. One, one line in the bar scene that I really love is um, when Fraser goes, aren't you afraid it will sound just a little bit unoriginal? Why? Because I'm going to say first. I'm going to say first. <laughs> it's a Howden doodle. It's mine. Um, is, that, is, that, is that at this point? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, Fraser, Fraser really unfair stealing the coaster from Niles. Like, Niles found it. I love this. Thing. This is such a brotherly thing to do. Like they're just with their dad, and they just regress to absolute children. They really do play up to it. It's mine. Really, really like, and then when they find out that it Martin actually did it, oh, that's very touching. Here, Niles, this is for you. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, he leaves. Um, on the elevator, they're talking about the uh, the exhibition they've seen. Mm. Just, we have a few references to the, the sadness never, of the peach. Yes, uh, and the curator is kind of a peach herself. Kind of a peach herself. <laughs> There's just some, some weird lines on like, the artist's choice to make that still life a monochrome. Like I don't know, like if it's all about peaches and stuff, yeah. Or all about fruit. They're all going to be still lives. Um, I just, mean, it's just a weird. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I, I'm picking bones where there's nothing to be. Picked I really at like this little bit. Actually. It's so refreshing to see a sad peach one. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, if you didn't spend so long pondering the despair of the peach, I mean the peas there, just <laughs> pondering the despair of the peach. I mean that is just the plosives. Oh, absolutely lovely. Um, Martin pushing Niles away with the cane is amazing. As so I was like, oh, no, I no. I think it's going to work this day. And I love like, the look Martin gives him. Really it. intense, it's, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, just some brilliant stuff here. And obviously they, they bump back into Ted. What do you reckon the H stands for? Ted Houghton? I've got my Horace. answer. Horace. Didn't yeah, see that coming. Horace Houghton. I've gone for Henry Theodore. Henry Houghton. Oh, that's good. Theodore Henry Houghton, known as Ted to his, his boys and his friends. He known as uh, Ted on the street. Known as Ted on the street. Um, just Fraser and Niles kind of walking around now. Daphne tells them that like how Martin and him are getting on like old chums. They're going to see the double header. Just Fraser's delivery of well, the madness never end. <laughs> I just absolutely love this. Um, throws his hand up in the air, he's rushing to the sherry. Well, it will be Armagnac. Um just really love this. Um, and yeah, we get a reference out of J.D. Salinger, which obviously we've we already talked about Salinger and, and, and Salman Rushdie. Salinger was a big, big recluse. Um, and I think he's meant to be probably the biggest influence on, on yeah. Houghton as a character, um, which I think is quite interesting. What, what's interesting, Houghton is, is played um, by uh, Robert Prosky. Yes. Uh, and he was originally considered for the role of Martin. Wow. Yeah. That is uh, that's mad. That's a great fact. Um, um I feel like a very different Martin had he played him. Yeah, he kind of, he gives a he gives me like if you ever watched Everybody Loves Raymond, you know his dad in that. I, I love his dad in that. He's so like much. the only him and Robert are the only thing that make that show bearable. I um, like Ray as well. You like Ray? Yeah, I like Ray. I like Ray's a wild little bitch. I like um I've forgotten the wife's name. Damn. Um, yeah, I love her. Yeah. Um, 
I like I like everybody loves Raymond. It'll give it a I thought shot. you didn't. I didn't realize. No, you did. no, no. I like him. And oh. when I was ill with COVID, I watched like an entire season of Everybody Loves Raymond because I had nothing else to do. And did, it, did it hold up? Yeah, I like. I think it's watchable. Mm. There's a yeah. lot of watchable sitcoms. To be fair, like yeah, it's not. I, I don't like, find it repellent in any way. Is it an all-time? Would you show it to someone? Say, this is how you make comedy. Probably not, but it's very watchable. It's just, it was just so, it just, I just don't understand how popular it was because it, ra- it ran for so many years. When, yeah, I've, I've never met anyone who like loves it, like they like love Frasier or they love The Simpsons or something, you know. Yeah, I, that's, that's, that's true. They must be out there, but um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I think yeah. it was probably one of those shows that it just, it probably had the right airtime that people tuned in because they were mm. watching something before and after and it was watchable. You could sit through it. Yeah, very true. Um, fun fact. <laughs> Because I'm on his Wikipedia, um, Brosky was also offered the old, uh, the uh, role of coach in Cheers. Oh my God! So he's really, really. Yeah, he he, off- he was offered the role of coach in Cheers. Turned it down. He later portrayed Rebecca's father on the same show. Oh my God! And I've seen that episode. He's like in the in the military or the navy or something. Um, and he and he comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like she's really kind of like dependent on him. And he's always like giving her money and got her out of things, and she's trying to like make it on her own. Um, but she, you know, I just find it hard to like Rebecca because I really don't like Kirsty Kirsty Howe or whatever her name is in real Kirstie life. Alley, I think. Kirsty Alley. I don't know who's Kirsty Howe. I know well, Wikipedia name. knows. I know that name. Let me Kirsty Howe. Okay, well, I think I might be making it up. There is a random actress who looks like. She only started acting eight months ago. Sorry, seven months ago. So I'm guessing it's not her. She's. I think I think I just made the number up. Uh, the the name up. Um. Yeah, <laughs> Kirsty Alley. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into into the reasons I dislike her, but they're pretty public. Um. If you want to go and find out for yourselves, listeners. Um. Houghton is well. Before we find out, Houghton is writing a new book. We have Frazier's diver diversion tactics trying to get Niles to go and find this rare bottle of the uh, the Borgonia 1982. Niles is, the look on his face, like the, the local stuff of the year of the raisin. Like his face is classic. Yeah. I absolutely love this. It's just so good. Yeah, I love I love the delivery of the line, the year of the raisin. Oh um, my God. And I say, the, when he's around the door, just sort of peering Quite at Quite sinister, him. isn't it? It is. It is. We get a lot of very good looks as doors are about to close or trying to be closed in this episode. So very true. Martin in the elevator. You've got Niles, you know, here at the apartment. It mm. Really, really visceral looks. I like something, it. Yeah, something in the air. Um, we got, we find out how it is obviously writing a new book. What was the name of the first book? We haven't even talked about that. Um, I think is it Time Flies Tomorrow? Yeah, which I think is such a gorgeous name for a title. Like, I love that. Yeah, it's all right. Excuse me. <laughs> it's a, I feel like it's a picture of a bird on the front. Time, really? I'm seeing. I'm seeing like. Hmm, what am I seeing? I'm just seeing a, a clock face, like an old analog like, clock face. Maybe like a um, the face of like a pocket watch or something. Yeah, like, that. like where the sun should be in the sky. <laughs> Time flies tomorrow. Come on, <laughs> penguin, hire me. <laughs> um, we have Nars trying to try to sweet talk Houghton now about his no no nanette line, etc. Yeah. Um, ultimately, Houghton leaves, leaving behind 
that very same satchel that's resting under my head. <laughs> I love Niles' whole thing. I'm like, did you remember he he carries around a satchel? And then he's <laughs> having an appointment with his publisher. And that's satchel so good. I love also we get a Daryl Strawberry reference so, as well. I mean, you 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 go the same place I go and you yeah. do this. Daryl, <laughs> honestly, at the end when he when he screw it, when he, he ruins his masterpiece, I want them just to sit and go. <laughs> don't worry about the professionals rolls right up their back <laughs> um fraser checking that the coast is clear now i really like for some reason just a nice touch like he goes and looks at the door and you know i just i thought that was quite a, a funny little thing for, for him to do um I, yeah but i have just put a few question marks around the chameleon song how does yes. that work they don't sing i don't know if the chameleons make any noise i thought it was like a whole boy george thing Oh, <laughs> does he not do the song? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come maybe maybe it's a biography of boy george <laughs> i mean it seems a little outside of houghton's wheelhouse but i mean you know it could be um i i've said this before and i, I can't find it if anyone listening the best place i'm the best chance i'm gonna have of finding this is from the people listening to this very podcast on reddit i, I would say maybe a year or two years ago um Someone did a Penguin Classics Photoshop and made it look like it was Time Flies Tomorrow by T.H. Houghton as a blue and white classic penguin. And the, the Photoshop was amazing. And it was just a, it was just really cool. Like I'd love, I'd love to have it as like a wallpaper on my phone or something really great. Um, I mean, if I had the 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 wherewithal to do this, I'd love to just print off a, a book and like write at my like, you know, fan version of Time Flies Tomorrow, then bind it to look like a little penguin thing. Um, but I don't know how to find it on Reddit. I've just remembered, I did send it to a mutual friend of ours on Facebook chat. So my, there's a good chance if I scroll back through the pictures on there, I might be able to find it. But um, yeah, that obviously linked to this episode. So if anyone listening knows what I'm talking about, please, you know, go looking for it. Um, Fraser's adjusting the lighting now, Keith. Sorry, you look like you're going to say something there. No, I've got something right after this, so I'm going to wait for you to okay, do your part first. Um, adjusting the lighting. Just a quick one for you. Do you prefer warmer or colder lighting? Seems on the face of it like a really easy question to answer, but I think when you actually like when you're in a room, I don't know. Sometimes colder is good. I don't know. Uh, I would say warmer. Top days are. Look, he's here. It's, it's Mr. It's Mr. Intellect. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say warmer. Um, mm, I don't, even warmer. I've, I've never really sang an all. Oh, this light could be a bit colder. Mm. But what's weird, as a, as a bloke, I don't know how you feel about this. I feel like when you, um, a bloke. You, you start living with a woman for the first time, that's when lamps <laughs> become a thing. Like, I've never been in a room with lads, right? I'm just going, hey, listen, um, should we knock off that light and turn the big lamp on? Like, what, you, never, never are you happened. a main light guy? Yeah. I oh, like, oh, no, okay, <laughs> no. Main light. I've never, I've never been like, start with you. I just go, let's, um, let's knock off that light. Let's I absolutely despise main lights. <laughs> I is, never have them on in this house, ever. Now, since I've started living with Sean, we've got a lamp in every room. They don't get used. I Honestly, use lamps. I, I've got a lamp right here, man. I am, I am right or die <laughs> no, for lamps. No, it looks like you're doing an interrogation every time. <laughs> <laughs> I am right or die for lamps. The main light goes on for a few reasons only in our house. Someone's got something in their eye, and we need to like, you know, get get them to look up at the at the main light, and then we'll see if we can get it out. Um, or I don't know. We're like 
I don't know. Some, it's just the main light only ever goes on when there's some kind of weird discord in the house. Some kind of, you know... Un- un- the, the house is not at ease. Yeah, the, main light the house is not at ease when the main light is on, whereas the lamps, <laughs> everything's feng shui, baby. Everything's really good. So, Shan, I'm on your side. I don't even know where to buy a lamp from. We've got like four of them. <laughs> you can buy lamps anywhere, but my God, can they get expensive these days. Um, yeah. There's a lot of money in lamps, let me tell you. God. Lamp futures. Yeah. Um. What was that? Is that what your point was going to be? No, no, a different point. Oh, okay. Um, one of my favourite lines from TV generally is Niles's line. Oh, well, see, that's why you're the older brother. Absolutely. And why do you love this? It's so because I remember the first time I said this to my older brother. Mm. Um, I mean, and you're a younger brother as well. So, have you said this to your brother? I haven't, but I don't know. Maybe I have, but I've definitely wanted to. I remember the first time I said it to my brother. Uh, <laughs> I was about six. He was about eight. Uh, my mum was at work um, and we were coming up to like Mother's Day, I think it was. And we wanted mm. to do something nice for her. And he was like, oh, well, what we'll do is um, we'll uh, like do like a chocolate heart. And he's like, we've got some chocolate in the fridge. We'll melt it, do it into a heart shape and done. And I went, that's that makes no sense. You're going to melt it. It's going to be a pool of mess. That's not going to work, Steve. Um, and he said, no, no, no. What you do is you, you need a mould, mate. You need a mould. Um, and then you mould it into a heart shape. Imagine like, a six-year-old and eight-year-old <laughs> having this conversation. No, you need a mould, mate. That's not going to work, Steve. <laughs> Just... <laughs> so, so advanced your age. <laughs> I mean, maybe wrong with the age. We're in primary school age. Oh. And you'll see from what happened next that neither of us were particularly bright. Oh, um, no. What happened? So I was like, we haven't got a mould, mate. That's the oh, problem. No, you didn't use your hands. <laughs> he looked at it. No, no, no. But we've got an egg carton. A what? An egg carton? We've got an egg carton. We'll cut that into a heart shape and use that. And I genuinely looked at it and went, that's why you're the older brother. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so we stuck. We just literally got our swords done, put it on the hob, um, cut the egg carton into a heart shape, just stuck that in the saucepan. What? <laughs> stuck. You put the egg carton in the saucepan. <laughs> Sorry, listeners, Key is losing his mind over there laughing. Genuinely crying from this memory. Oh, my God. We just God. got a bar of galaxy and literally just put it on top of this, this destroyed um, egg carton. And we're like, yeah, it'll melt. And then a bit of it a bit of it will look like a heart. And that's done. And we're like, oh yeah, my that's God. why you're the older brother. And um, suffice to say, it started a fire. Oh, my God. You two should have been locked away. Locked <laughs> I, away. I legged it. I was out of there. Mm. Um, Steve was as cool as you like. Um, he literally just like got a tea towel, picked up the saucepan, took it over to the sink, but then couldn't fit the sauce because the flames, he couldn't get the saucepan in the sink. <laughs> Um, so what he did was he just put it on the windowsill while he made a jug of water and then just poured the water in, which would have been a good plan. However, um, on the windowsill, we had, and still have to this day, like a little plastic thing on the windowsill. Um, so it burnt a hole in the windowsill. And to this day, my mum has got a vase in that exact spot where there is literally a hole where the plastic melted. Oh my God. Oh my um, god! But that's why I love that line because whenever I hear it, I just think back to me saying to my brother, "That's why you're the older brother ahead of what was not a good plan, a absolute disaster." <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure you know, good, good old Sharon appreciated the thought there. Oh, she loved um, it. I'm sure. You know. 
you know, the, the near miss with the, the fire, you know, just close. But <laughs> um, I mean, this is this this line is probably one of the most quoted I see, like on Frasier fan club and just in general Frasier community vibes. And like, I forget it's from this episode. No, this episode to many is probably a, a pretty middle of the road kind of, you know, oh, yeah, it's a decent episode, but not one that gets talked about that often. But it is a very, very good line, very quotable. Um, mm-hmm. on one of the best between the, the brothers, I think. Yeah. Um, I put. Oh yeah, Fraser's noise now. It's like, it's, oh, it's like what? I don't think you're there yet. yet. <laughs> oh, oh, just amazing. Um, I get so annoyed though re- doing what they're doing because no one's reading speeds are identical. Um, mm. what's how how quick are you at reading? Would you say? Um, if you fairly... sit down with a book you really enjoy, how many how many pages would you clear in an hour of like uninterrupted reading? I have no idea. Okay, you've never um, measured that. So the thing is, it depends how into the book I am. The more into the book I am, the longer it will take me. Because I've You're sort of developed it. the knack of like I can skim read and take everything in if I want to. So if I'm reading a book that's like meh, mm. I can skim read but take it all in pretty quickly. Whereas if I'm reading The Shining, I want to take in every word and really visualise it and, and all that, so it takes me longer. I like that. I like that. Um, I, I read um, a book sorry. called Ghost Species quite recently. Ghost um, Species? Yeah, which was interesting premise. Didn't like the characters. Um, that was I saw story. that on Goodreads. <laughs> yeah. um, which I felt like I could skim read through that because it wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, I got through it, so it kind of, it was, I gave it two stars, but um, wasn't a huge fan. So, yeah, that was fairly quick to get through. Oh, nice. Um, I was just gonna say, if listeners want to follow me on Goodreads, um, by all means, do it's my name, you should be able to find me and add me, and I'll see that. I'm not gonna, you know, key, I'm not gonna make the offer on your behalf. People can feel free to add me. My reviews are all like one line and they're not cultured in any way. Like, <laughs> one, my, my other, one of my other reviews was good book bit weird bit weird i mean <laughs> i am i am partial to a bit of a tongue-in-cheek review but occasionally i'll try and offer some some sound bites of, of, of advice but uh yeah if you if you're interested in what we read it is the the definitive archive of everything i've read so good place to, to have a browse um would you do what niles and fraser do here key your favorite author you know darren shans just left a manuscript here he's not written anything in 40 years would you breach this this conduct and and read the manuscript as much as I would want to, I would not. No, I, I, am it with, is I am with you. Just a I bit would never too do this. disrespectful. And it's hard and... for me to buy that they do it, but then also like they kind of they do act like this on multiple occasions. So yeah, it's. I think this actually has very like focus group vibes at one stage when it's like, well, we've destroyed a man's life. Yep, and that's uh... yeah, very true, very right. true actually. But, but it's a um... lot more palatable than the focus group to me. Yeah, um... but no, I find it like. It's like, not like they're never... See, I mean, as much as they're going, oh, could we live with ourselves if we didn't? Well, it's going to get published. Right myself, don't. Stop it. Like, <laughs> I find it a bit strange. Like, I... Yeah. And also, the fact that they're so open about it, like, if it was me, I would have gone into another room to read it. Mm. You then hear them coming back, mm. and then it's much easier to put it back in the, the satchel. You wouldn't... Like just the, the, the fact that they, they don't even seem to be aware of the time and all I get it's a good book, but I don't know. I, I feel that you'd be a bit more on it. I am completely with you. Um, also, they could have like locked the door, put the key in the door, or yeah, I, I, I mean, you get a chair, you wedge it under, or something. Like, classic, yeah, it's a classic technique. Um, so yeah, I, I, listeners, what would you do? I am with you, Ki. I, would, I wouldn't do this. Um, I am. Um, 
for, I might not give this impression sometimes on the podcast. And I'm quite flippant with with criticism and swearing and whatever, but I am very much a, a stickler for rules, um, you know, and not like in a in a in a square, nerdy, annoying way, in a moral, legal way, <laughs> um, you know. So you know, I don't I don't think like, all rules should be followed, etc. You know, I'm not a complete sycophant, but I do think you know to all authority, or whatever. But I do think. Generally speaking, these kinds of social mores must be adhered to. Um, Eddie barking now to let them know that they're coming, but obviously they weren't there for this happening earlier, and it was just Daphne. So a bit of dramatic irony here, which I, I do quite like. Um, you know, just effective use of Eddie in this episode, yeah. Um, yeah. which I thought was really good. I thought they could have maybe done something else, like, I don't know, they, he could have walked in and Eddie was, like, chewing the, the front page of the manuscript or something. I don't know, it might be quite funny, but also a little bit out of character for Eddie, so... Just maybe just spitballing there. Um, Houghton and Daphne both use the phrase personal property in this episode. Weirdly find that hard to believe. It's a very specific phrase. What's when does Daphne, da- use da- it? Daphne goes, shame on you two. Go through someone else's personal property. And then TH oh. is like, you read my manuscript? That's, That's my, my personal, personal property. property. It just, I think it just seems really like on the nose, like. It just, is a bit strange, actually. I didn't flag to me, but now, yeah, you are right. It is a bit strange. Within minutes of each other, I just, yeah, it's an odd one for me. Um, it's a very specific kind of contextualised line, um, you know. But I find it incredible that Houghton is not more livid. Oh, man. Like, he I seems yeah. to really take this so well. It's like, oh, it's okay. Someone had to read it first. What did you think? Um, and he looks like someone who's got a lot of anger inside him. Like, he scares me a little bit. Um, I feel no. like if Alison flies off the handle, he really flies off. Oh, he really flies tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Um, um, I, I also do love the little bit there between Martin and, and the, the guys where he's like, I've heard of you guys. If you were Haas and little Joe, Ben Carver would kick your sorry butts right after Penderosa. <laughs> and just phrase his little bit off. He's back on the car fights and going, you know, someday we really should ask who the hell they are. <laughs> just, like the idea that Mars has been making these references for 20 years and know what the, what the hell's going on. God, you've said that because when Fraser says he's back on the cartwrights again, I re-listened to that scene three times, had no idea what he was saying. And obviously oh. not knowing the cartwright to the centerpiece of Bonanza, my yeah. brain just didn't have anything to connect the what he was saying. So I was like, what is he saying there? Um, and I, I put a bullet point to ask you, but you've cleared it up. Um, have you read Dante's Inferno key or familiar with it? I think we've talked about this on the podcast I'm, before. I do feel like I repeat myself a lot. I'm familiar with the concept. When I was uh, younger, I actually did a modern retelling of Dante's Inferno. Oh my it's God. Like, um, we How much to, of it? I mean, it was very abbreviated. We, we had to do like a, what we call um, rehearsed improvisation uh, when I was doing a drama um, mm. basically it means you improv it first time but then you spend six weeks working on that improv so it, it's basically scripted but nothing is actually written down it's, it's just that you know it from doing it time and time again yeah um, and we had to just do a story and uh, we had to be like, like a 30 minute piece and it was like a, yeah it was a modern retelling of Dante's Inferno wow so it was alright I quite enjoyed it improv scares me like it's it's quite it's it's fine because we were in like the first time we did it like the first improv was just amongst actors and things like that it's a lot very it's obviously very it wasn't like whose line is it anyway we were going on in front of 300 people like yes Mm. make it up go for it um and it's much easier if you're going to improv something like that to do it with people you know well and who get your style because 
it's one of the most infuriating things is if you're improving something and you know exactly where you want this to go and then someone else gives you a line that you don't want and you're like oh no 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 you needed to say this because yeah. i was gonna do that oh yeah so, uh, Part of me would love to like have a go at it or like be in a class just on a casual basis because I think it would just do wonders for kind of self-confidence, especially in front of crowds and things, you know, that like, I mean, I'm, I'm teaching, you know, undergrads this semester and I'm fine with that. Like I, I was really worried about getting back to it, thought I was really nervous and I haven't been at all and that's great. But the next big thing is probably giving a lecture at some point and the thought of that literally makes one vomit everywhere See, just um, think though right at the back there's someone sitting there like too scared to come up to you because they're a huge fan of we're listening oh and they're like, oh my god that's that's will carroll that's, that's will carroll that's, that's the will it's like oh yeah nice guy uh, where, <laughs> so where's key <laughs> from the back you be quiet heckler <laughs> me and key haven't spoken in 10 years of creative differences um for some reason one of the lines that Houghton quotes now from the manuscript is he begins to throw it into the fire um the winters were harsh on the farm me and me and me and Jacko um as in our mutual friend we quote this all the time I don't know why we just this episode is what we've seen it a lot together and it just really makes me laugh it's just a very like stereotypical literary fiction line it is, like, it? yeah it's just like every every book i've ever read has a has a variation on this line um yeah you know um, it's i just, just love about, well here's something to warm them up yeah <laughs> <laughs> um his reputation also would not have been destroyed i mean there are a billion literary books out there that are based on their structure on works from antiquity or from mythology or even from dante like literary illusion or whatever is part of writing you can't write anything that doesn't write back to someone else so his his reaction is insane to me um and way overboard it is completely overboard it yeah. makes it's quite surprising you really don't see coming just how fragile he is big time sure which makes actually... sense i guess if he's only ever had one book and success of that but yeah, yeah. um but I don't know how believable it is. I do love, however, Fraser and Nas afterwards and the way they justify this to themselves. Like going from we destroyed a man's life to basically we stopped him committing suicide because yes. he, he, the critics would have savaged him. <laughs> um, and then again, the last slide again is see, that's why you're the older brother. So, oh, really? They, they say that again? Yeah, it's um, we saved that man's life. Yes, I think you're right. On the other hand, don't go there. Um, and then, see, that's why you're the older brother. Because Oh, my God, I had no idea yeah, that line Niles, was used again. Niles was basically going to go back the other way and say, okay, we probably didn't save his life, we did screw him up. Um, and when Fraser tells him, don't even think about that, then he's like, that's why you're the older brother. Wow. that that's Yeah, I, I completely missed that. Um, and there's just something about this episode that I love in that it's a sibling episode, but they're not rivals in this episode. Yeah, um, they're very like two kids working together, aren't they? Yeah, I really like this. Yeah, which is a bit like I can't remember the name of the one with the uh, where they find the skull under the floorboards. Um, that's a similar one. Um, another episode just came to mind, um, and it has gone. But yeah, um, I just, yeah, a nice change up, I think, because it's nice to see them kind of working together. Oh, the um, the beluga caviar episode. Oh, um, yeah. just yeah, nice to see them kind of working together and not kind of bumping you know against one another um but yeah but just well i like that uh is this episode in your top 10 okay um so it's weird because when you said to me last week when i've oh, we got the crane 
the Crane's Critique next. I, was like, I have no idea what that is. Like the, the the episode title does not resonate with me at all. If you give mm. it three weeks, I'll have forgotten what this title is. Um, but when you said I'd see Hey Towson, I remembered that and I thought, like, oh yeah, I like that episode. It's a strong episode. Um, and then watching it back today, it's I think it's a really strong episode. Actually. I really like it. Like, I know you said it's a bit middle of the road, but it's a really, really enjoyable episode. Wow, where's this um, going? It's it's not in my top ten. Oh, wow, okay. But what I'm saying is that I wouldn't be surprised if this like edged into the top twenty. I think really? it's a really strong episode. It's a really likable episode. Oh, I think it's and very likable. I love just the two brothers. Like this could be me and my brother in this episode. This, yeah. Like egging each other on and making things worse. And I just I think it's a really, really enjoyable, likable, really good episode of Frasier to show someone. If you often talk about what would be an episode of Frasier, I'd show someone to get them into it. This would be up there for me. Um, I think it's a really just nice, in many ways, quite a cozy episode. The two of them sitting around reading, you know, big time, stolen manuscripts, big time. Um, really nice. So many nice lines from it, one iconic line from it. Um, so yeah, it just falls short of. I don't think it's got that pizzazz to take it to top ten, mm. um, but it's really strong episode. I think you know we love a cozy episode. Um, that's just the one through line of this podcast. And yeah, like a really good ensemble episode as well. Like we have the siblings, we have like a bit of Roz's repartee at the beginning. Yeah. Martin is pretty central because he's the one who makes a relationship with Th Houghton. Daphne has a few, you know, decent moments. Obviously, she's underused, um, which is unfortunate, but they can't really work her into the scene. Um, it would have been good, actually, I think, if Daphne, like Roz, had read Time Flies Tomorrow in high school. And so she kind of, like, initially disproved of what they were doing, but then realised what the author was, who the author was, and she sat down with them and read it with them or something. Or yeah. And they were, like, passing the pages back and forth as they tried to keep in order. And because obviously she would read a lot slower than them two and... Um, I don't know. I just, I just think something, something fun could have happened there. Yeah, and then I'd, I'd have liked it actually, rather than maybe, I don't know, the ending that was. If, if she'd have like, if when they're all like, when they're like, oh, I want, and he's making a really interesting comment to him, so he doesn't think I'm, I'm dumb. Mm. Uh, if she'd have said something quite basic, and that had been the point that really resonated with Houghton, like, oh yeah, that's really, that's exactly what I was going for. Like, she's the one who gets it, and they didn't get it, or something like that. Yeah, and then it tearing them up inside that. Houghton and Daphne sort of think alike and they don't. Oh my god, that would have been so good. Yeah. So good. I love that. Um, Key, do you think this episode's in my top ten? I mean, you said it was middle of the road earlier. So No, I um, said some people would think it's middle of the road. I think it's definitely up there for you. I mean, it's a really good episode and mm. you like literary stuff, so I think it might sneak in. Unfortunately. Oh. It is in my top 10. <laughs> yeah, oh. man. I, when I said middle of the road, I did say others might find it middle of the road. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for, for all the reasons you said, ensemble, cozy as hell, but it is the most literary themed episode of Frasier by a mile. The closest we get is author, author. This is just like pure literary. And it may be like the um, the hot ticket with the, the um, Tears of a Mariner. Um, yeah. the, the play, but just so much works for me on this. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, and yeah, this is this has been in my top ten for for years. I think it's one of the first episodes of Frasier I ever saw. Part of me thinks it could be the first ever episode I saw. Um, I can't say for certain, but because it's between this and what is my all time number one, which we obviously haven't got to. Um. But I, I think this could be. So, yeah, top 10. And I said there were 
How many? They said there were three in season four, and we've all, we've had two back to back. That's crazy. Impossible such... dream and a crane's critique. Bam, bam. It is. It is a really strong episode. I'd say it's not far off my top ten at all, to be honest. Um, I love to hear that. And it could even be one of those where later in the season I'm sitting there, actually wish I'd put it down as my top mm. ten. Um, really, really strong episode. Very tough pick for actor this week. Who have you gone with? Um, it is a tough pick. Martin, Frazier, Niles in particular, all really stand out. Whenever it's an ensemble one, I always feel like I'm a bit reluctant to give it to Frasier because I feel that Frasier is sort of the default and someone else needs to justify taking it away from him. That's a very and, good rationale. And in a, an ensemble, I always try and mix it up a bit. But I think mm. in this one, there's so much of Frasier that I love in this episode. Yeah. Um, the whole bit about, um, it's a hat and doodle. It's mine! Um, <laughs> it's mine! And just everything from the way that he rationalises things with Niles, the way that, you know... You have that he sort of becomes like a child when he's around Halton and with his dad. Um, I really, I just, I, there's so many good looks from Kelsey in this episode. Mm. I think the way his face lights up when he sees something that he's excited by. Um, so for that reason, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna give it to Kelsey. I've also gone with Frasier Key, and as always, you've done all the justification that I could have possibly said, um, and far better than I would have said it. So yeah, absolutely spot on. Um, he's just he is the kind of the centerpiece. Um, I agree what you say though about sometimes trying to find people that go against the default, and I'm going to try and do that a little bit more because I have been very Frasier heavy in my picks. Um, not something I'm going to be too apologetic about because I've said from the beginning, he's my favorite character in the show. Um, yeah. You know, most people are Niles and that's completely valid because he's an amazing character. But there's just something about Frasier that I, I've always connected with. So he's obviously going to bias my my choices a little bit. Um, Kenley Burling, I'm on the ground key. What does he make of this episode? And what is the name of his literary fiction masterpiece? Undiscovered until we find his satchel just lying carelessly in a coffee house and we we sit down and we read it together i think that mm. it's a semi-autobiographical autobiographical book because oh, kennedy's yeah. life is in itself so fantastical yes it is that no work of fiction could surpass it wow he didn't yeah he's like we can't do fiction we've got to go for the real thing here yeah i just don't know what it's called <laughs> from kennedy with love oh dear god <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think of a better pun with burling um um Burling, burling, unfurling, burling, unfurling. It's about his 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 fall from the top. Kennedy never falls. He did, but he came back. <laughs> he came back, and he crushed his enemies. Burling, unfurling. That's going to be my contribution to his autobiography. I feel unfurling, burling works better. Maybe, but I'm thinking burling, comma unfurling. Oh, that's good. I like a comma in a title. A comma in a title. Very classy. <laughs> um, all that remains, Key, is to play Whose Crane Is It Anyway? Um, I did have one pick for you, um, but I think it's way too easy. Um, so I'm going to quickly go back is and it find... Brother? It was Cautious. Oh, isn't that... Um, it's Roz, isn't it? Exactly. Like, so it's too cautious. I'm throwing that out the window. We're going to get another one. Um, okay. Okay, I've got it, Key. The word is impact 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 because i think if you do this correctly there are three people that could say this see i'm thinking there's two okay so i think it's going to be niles and frazier mm -hmm. one of them says about the impact of the book after they've read it like oh that book the, the impact it really oh it really don't know maybe although i suppose there's, there's that random guy in the bar as well isn't he who like mm. goes up to house and it's like the impact your book had on my life it was 
It was incredible. Um, but I don't know that guy's name. You have so. correctly named the three that I was thinking. This, oh, could, that was plausibly, this could plausibly belong to. Um, I don't know the random guy's name, so I'm not going to pick him. Mm-hmm. So Niles or Frazier? Niley. Um, Calling me Niley. <laughs> I am going to say Frazier. It's Niles. Oh! And you've already quoted most of this scene, and now he's <laughs> leaving. I must tell him what an impact his book has made on my life. Aren't you afraid it will sound just a bit unoriginal? <laughs> Why? I'm going to say it first. I'm going to say it first. <laughs> oh. So close, Key. You always get it between two and then always kind of just skew the other way. Um, but unlucky. Shall we jump over to Listen to this week? Uh, yeah, let's do it, mate. Ross, who's our next caller? Uh, so, Listen to this week. A few of you written in. As always, lovely to hear from you. Keep them coming. Sydney Aspasket opens this week by saying, this episode had me laughing a lot. Thank you. I'm amazed Will can mime a saint. Can Key confirm it's as good as Ra's miming a virgin? Oh, can you, Key? <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> as for Will's comments, lusting over Sharon, Peyton, not Key's mum, and wanting Ra's to catch him at the KSCL urinal, I laughed and uttered myself, Will gotta have it. I think you also said that as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, keep up the good work, gents. Sydney. Perfect. Uh, Thank you. Next up, we've got KM Saxon, who says, Great episode as usual. Love the conversation about the Patriots and Tom Brady who coincidentally just played each other on Sunday. My family and I live in the Boston area and are big Patriots fans. Um, also thoroughly enjoyed the team blanket, team slipper conversation. We love our slippers Ooh, here. One point for slippers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who in a box puts Willing Key. Thanks for another great episode. The start to the season has been fantastic and the live episode was a very fun one to listen to. Yeah, I cannot wait till our next live episode. Yeah. It's going to be so long away, but like so far away. But honestly, I can't wait. So we did maybe tease something with ham radio. We don't know yet. I don't know what the vibe's going to be. Um, I loved hearing from other listeners and the trivia masters as well. It's a wonderful little community that has come as a result of your hard work on the podcast. I knew exactly what you meant when describing your poached eggs. I work at a breakfast and lunch restaurant and I'm often on Benedict poached eggs duty. Wow. I love this. When they come out looking like little cloud drops, it is so satisfying. And of course, when they come out wrong, it's very disappointing. Yesterday, we probably poached a couple hundred eggs for our breakfast service. I always think of Niles ordering eggs Benedict while at the hotel with Lilith. Thanks for reading. And as always, keep up the great work. It's very much appreciated. Now, my footy question. Sad, of course, to see Grealish Lee, but you've got a hefty payout for him. Are you wanting to see him succeed at City or do you not care? Up the Chelsea and up the Villa in that order. Very quick answer for me. It's going to make me sound like a very bitter and cynical person. I literally couldn't care less anymore about Jack Grealish. I actively want him to fail. (laughs) There you go. Two very, very bitter people. I I haven't Um, watched the last like three England games because I just can't bear to see I've I've stopped watching England now and I genuinely think that's the reason why. Whereas before he was the reason I only watched them. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. No, That's no. a very, very dark and cynical answer, I'm afraid. But, it, it uh, is. But it's, it's the truth. Listen, I'm a bit of a person. Okay? You don't accept that about me. <laughs> <laughs> I am a tiny man. Okay? <laughs> uh, Reckley, you're up next. Okay? Uh, next, we've got Reckley. Oh, my days, Will. That rough was hilarious. Uh, I think Key has some serious competition. Oh, Speaking of Key, here we go. Oh. I'm on Team Blanket. Uh, I also agree with everything Key had to say about one all. It's one Thank all. you. Thank you. <laughs> Damn it. Um, a Crane's critique. Um, I felt the plot progressed well. I'm not as avid as the Cranes without undying love for this author and their euphoric joy at getting to read the next book. 
Although I did feel their pain at them watching the author toss the work away. Mm, it's pretty hard to watch. It um, is hard to watch. Like I feel sorry for Houghton. I don't feel sorry for Niles and Frasier. I don't know if they would take some kind of sort of perverse joy at being the only people to ever read it. I think they would you very know? much so because yeah. like that is huge what they've just achieved, you know. Yeah. So uh, that theft is up there. With... <laughs> <laughs> they should be really proud of them, though. Um, Cam Winston put Ty lads another rip snorter of an episode as usual. You continue to raise the bar each week. You talked about blind dates, in which I have been on one. Let's just say we both decided it wasn't for us right from the get. It wasn't for us right from the get go. Very amicable sounding, to be fair. Well, did you just like, agree at the start? Let's just have a laugh and just be friends and. Or is it like we're going to try and... Or was it more awkward? like, I am not attracted to you, I'm going to leave. And I know you're not attracted to me, so you should also leave. <laughs> um, anyway, other stuff. You also talked about breakups. Now, one never should do this via message or text or similar. Absolutely agree with this. And you owe it to the other person to show them that respect of talking in person. I've had someone broken up with me via text and no, just no. I mean, that is not good, Hammy. I hate to hear that for you. Like you two in New Zealand, we call it a box. Uh, talking about a jock strap here. I play ice hockey, however, and each game the ref asks us if we have our cup fitted. So I guess both the terms are used here. Anyway, peace and as always, up the villa. Um, next up, we've got Mischief Knight who says, um, "All I got for all I all I got is something you might consider a pissy comment." Wow! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun bits for a crane's critique. Um, this is the second time, including Thomas J. Fallows' Slow Tangle in South Seattle, that Frazier has made an author realise he's lifted something for his work. Mm. That's a really good point, actually. It yeah. Is. And includes possibly my favourite line of the series. See, that's why you're the older brother. Oh, there we go, yes. man. MK and Key's connection getting stronger by the week. Um, also, just something about the fact this show was very literary anyway, had a lot of literary writers. The fact they've really kind of pandered to the stereotype that authors need like a middle initial to sound legit. Thomas yeah. J. Fallow, <laughs> T.H. Houghton. Um, I mean, never like, know what the middle initial is. That's what bothers me. Yeah, like I, I, I love T.H. Houghton as a name in this. I think it works really well. Um, it's like um, Harry Truman. Do you know what his middle name was? Wasn't it S? It was yeah, Harry. It was literally the letter S. I, I, I didn't know that. I just knew it, the initial was S, but oh. I thought you were going to tell me it stood for something. No, it doesn't stand for anything. That's the point. Like both That's of his mad. grandfathers had names beginning with S, and his parents couldn't choose between them. Um, and so they just called him Harry S. Truman, but the S doesn't stand for anything. I love that. I think that's yeah. a really that's a really good fix. There was um there was like a popular like urban legend, I think, in like the eight well, it, I think it like sort of came about in the eighties, uh, looking back. Mm. Um that it stood for like Sergei and um Sergei. And, anticipating the Cold War, he told everyone it was just S. <laughs> um, but that, I think it comes from a film called 18 again or something like that. It's not true. I'm pretty sure it's just Harry S. Truman. The, the film Sam. 17 again, like Zac Efron. And no, Matthew. no, no. There's one called 18 again, which is actually a better film, but it's a bit oh. older. Um, oh, okay. Okay. It used to be on Netflix, but I don't know how you, I don't know where it is now. Um, mm. That came out in 88. Ah, starring, speaking, speaking of films, massive town. Ta- sorry, starring who? Uh, it had George Burns in it. Ah, it's a massive tangent because we're close to Halloween. Have you seen Halloween? No. No, I haven't, but I've been meaning to watch it because we're in the season and I've heard it's very good, so I might watch it. See, I'm not someone generally to watch scary films. No, I'm not normally because they bore me, but... And after watching the last few Villa games, I've been scared enough. Oh, yeah. So... Life is scary enough right now. Exactly. Um, rising COVID cases, Villa I've, just on I've, the brink. I've heard rumours that we'll be all encouraged to work from home again soon. Really? So, well, we'll see, but yeah. 
God, I've missed the wheel to live. Um, yeah, some great stuff from MK there. Tahitian Vanilla. Hey, everyone. I've missed a few weeks during my last weeks of pregnancy and first few weeks with our baby. A massive oh, congratulations. Oh, that's so good. I wish I could attach a photo of our newest podcast listener, Sienna. What a lovely name. That is beautiful, um, isn't it? Just regularly Sienna, not birds. Is that a reference to... Oh, is that the hair colour or is that a reference to Bob Ross? Um, burnt Sienna. I think it might be a reference to Bob Ross. If it is... I, I love that. Let me, I got burnt sienna. Yeah, it's an acrylic paint. That's got to be a Bob Ross reference. It was kind of awesome to miss a few episodes, though, so that I could binge them recently. Oh, and as you guys talked about the live episode being almost two hours long, just FYI, the longer the episodes, the more I love them. Now, if I listen to a different podcast that only has 20-minute episodes, I'm like, lame, because I love the 60 to 90-minute ones of yours. Now, I've got to go find Frasier-themed baby clothes. Off I go, Rachel. P.S. Did anyone notice the guy in the bathroom when Bulldog is crying in there? Zips up and walks off without washing his hands. Gross. I hate to say this, but I think that's probably 75% of men in public restrooms. Um, People do not, men do not wash their hands. It's insane. Men's toilets are genuinely disgusting. They're terrible places to be. Uh, But congratulations so much, Rachel. On a beautiful Sienna. Um, Yeah, we're going to do a Teletubbies episode of this we'll do a review of an episode oh yeah just for sienna just for sienna um but yeah congratulations so so much amazing um next up i think we've got disgruntled pelican 58 we do um, he says constantly amazed by your knowledge of american sports teams that's what? clearly aimed at you well but it's very very generous and charitable i think because most <laughs> of the time i'm just fumbling in the dark and i'm like baseball that's a sport right <laughs> <laughs> Um, Bulldogs whimpering through sports update had me giggling. The scene in the bathroom that made me actually laugh out loud. Thanks again for another great episode. Perfect stuff. Um, thank you, everyone who got in touch. Really lovely to hear from you, as always. Um, next week, we'll be back with season four, episode five, Head Game. Another strong episode. Honestly, we've got a really good run. Head Game, mixed doubles, a little Thanksgiving. That is a three big hitters for me. Yeah. Um, and also, we should be getting to a little Thanksgiving, kind of around Thanksgiving. It's worked out quite well, Tom. At least in kind of mid-November. Um, it's just a pity we've not got to like a Halloween episode. Um, yeah, I don't think. Cool. I don't think there's. Is there a? I don't think there's a Christmas episode in this season, like a proper Christmas episode. No, there isn't. Is there? That's that's a shame because it's um, like almost the perfect season. Um, yeah. The next Christmas episode is. is it- Perspectives on yes. What, have we only had Miracle on third or fourth and Fraser Grinch at this point? Yes, yeah, so season two doesn't have one. Season four doesn't have one. Um, and then I think there's one. Well, there that's isn't... crazy that season two doesn't. Because I always feel like if you're doing a like a 24 episode season, one of them always tends to be a Christmas based episode. I think Friends did quite a lot of Christmas based episodes. And, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm just. I don't think nine has one. Um, I think Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz. Is that season eight? Or, or six, I, I six, I think. Six. Yeah. We've got a while to get to that, but I mean, what a what a classic that's going to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll be back next week with Head Games. We're really looking forward to that. But other than that, I've been Will. I've been Key. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hi everyone, Will here. Um, just a quick message we're dropping at the end because I forgot to do the coffee count for this episode. Um, though Steve did message it to me during recording, I just forgot to uh, read it out. Martin got one, Niles got one, and Fraser got one, which totals three for this episode, bringing us to 108 overall. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.